Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you ever had a significant amount of pain, wondered if it was safe to take Tylenol, ibuprofen, aspirin, or even something stronger? Sometimes people get worried about becoming addicted to pain medicine and just choose not to take any at all. Here to explain the latest in pain management is Dr. Jerry Garcia from the Hawaii Institute of Pain, also current president of the Philippine Medical Association. And he's going to be in the studio answering our questions about chronic pain and how safe are the latest pain medications and what are some of these changes that the FDA has been making to the different ingredients and some of the ones that you might recognize by name. You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll free from the neighbor islands 877-941-3689. If you're listening to the show and you want to learn how to talk and learn more about controlling your chronic pain in person, one of the events that's coming up, Dr. Jerry Garcia is going to be there Tuesday, May 20th, 6 to 730 at Hale Pava'a. That's right at the corner of Kayamuku and Buritania fourth floor conference room, they're going to have a great event. Learn how to take control over your chronic pain. And that's part of what we're going to discuss today. And the reason we're going to discuss it is because this is a great opportunity to get a little preview about some of the topics that are going to be occurring at this event. Again, it's Tuesday, May 20th, 6 to 7.30. Not one to miss, Hale Pava'a. And that's right at Baratania and Kemuku. If you want to register, you can go to cypevents.com. You can call one 877-4-PAIN-50. That's 472-4650. Or you can just give a phone call to 206-5301. That's Dr. Garcia's office. So we're going to talk today about chronic pain. Dr. Garcia, welcome back to The Body Show. Thank you, Dr. Kozak. Good evening. It's always a pleasure to be here, to be back talking and talk story with your listeners. Absolutely. You've been on before. We've talked about chronic pain, and we've talked about pain medicine. Now, you know, for a lot of folks out there who they reach in their medicine cabinet, they feel some discomfort. You know, a lot's been coming out about Tylenol and how much is too much and stomach side effects of aspirin or Aleve or ibuprofen or Advil, all those sorts of things. What do you reach for if you have a problem, headache or toothache or whatever it might be? What's your go-to over-the-counter pain medicine? My personal uh, go-to over-the-counter pain medicine is Tylenol. I think, you know, for as long as you don't take too much, in some cases, uh, I think some uh, reports say no more than 3 grams or 3,000 milligrams per day of Tylenol. I think it's fine. And f- for pain that's acute or subacute, anything less than three months, that's fine to take Tylenol because Tylenol, as you know, is a type of anti-inflammatory medication, and most pain is caused by some type of inflammation. So your go-to is Tylenol? Yes. So is mine. You know, regular strength, extra strength. You know, I'll usually start with a regular, take another one if I need to. But yes. I'm kind of not a big per- personal fan of popping a lot of pills. I don't know about you. I agree with you. I think... Um, you know, some pain, especially uh, acute pain, can have some uh, protective effects for the patient. And so if you just let it run its course and let the inflammation uh, take its course, usually in due time, it's going to heal and, and the pain just goes away. Well, and I always tell folks, if you're starting off with stomach pain, 
you probably don't want to take Advil or Aleve because you might make it worse. And if you don't know why you're having pain, rather than taking a whole bunch of pills, talk to your doctor, find out why it's there. Exactly. Because it could be dangerous if you yes, just take a bunch of pills it. and say, I feel great, but what was the reason for that? That's true. That's true. I, I think most of the time, pain usually goes away on its own. And so I think patients tend to wait, um, you know, a couple of days before starting to worry about their pain. And I think that's reasonable. Uh, but yes, if pain starts to remain persistent or has been getting worse, then it's definitely uh, advisable to seek uh, medical help. Now, the definition of chronic pain, when does pain that's been there for a little while meet the criteria for being chronic? So the accepted definition of chronic pain is pain that's been there for for at least three months. Some people say even six months that has not changed in severity or has gotten worse and um, has just persisted really without any type of um, resolution. And it does it have to be that it affects your daily activities, or maybe it doesn't? You just kind of live with it. Yes, I, chronic pain. I mean, at some point, everybody, a lot of us will have to live with some sort of chronic pain. Um, once it becomes debilitating, that's I think a different type of chronic pain. But I think any type of pain that's persisted for more than three to six months is considered chronic pain. Now, where are most people getting chronic pain? Is it joints? Is it back? In your practice, you see a lot of folks who have chronic pain issues. What body areas seem to be the most affected? I would say the most common is low back uh, and neck, the back of the neck. Um, and then joints would probably be next to that. So that would be your, you know, your knee joints, your arthritis types, um, and possibly the muscle pain. But muscle pain is very common, but those usually resolve on their own. So a lot of patients don't um, necessarily seek medical treatment for that type of pain. Okay. So when we talk about low back pain or neck pain, for somebody who feels like it's bothersome, doesn't feel it's bad enough to take anything stronger than over-the-counter what sort of treatments, you see a lot of that stuff over the counter. They have, you know, Doan's back pills and it's a combination of whatever it is, Tylenol and caffeine in it and other sorts of things that are supposed to make it more effective. Just for a regular low back pain that's become chronic but not debilitating, what would be a good over-the-counter option um, if you had to take something? If you had to take something, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. Tylenol or any type of anti-inflammatory. Like an ibuprofen, um, Advil yes. kind of thing, stomach yes. allowing. Yes. And then there's a lot of things out in the market that are more topical. They minimize the systemic side effects of of these medications. So there's uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, which is in the same family as an Advil, uh, that instead of taking it by mouth, you just apply it as a patch on your back, for example. That's usually you know, can be helpful. And there's other even over-the-counter stuff that's out there. And some people like Salampas and they like heat. I use Salampas personally. Use yeah, and I like it. <laughs> well, and, you know, then there's also like Biofreeze and some right, people right, like Icy right. Hot. You know, a lot of those make you um, certainly smell like you've used some of yes. those ingredients, but okay. Um, but it minty. can be helpful. Right. You smell very minty and menthol. <laughs> 
Um, but it can right. actually help. So good options over the counter for folks. Exactly. And options that they can You know, consider. the other important thing, though, is that the tendency for people when they have low back pain or, you know, when they start to have some sort of pain is to to bed rest. But studies have actually shown that if you return to work, keep with your daily routine, you actually do better with your pain. You get better faster. Exactly. So, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's actually good practical advice for a lot of people. Absolutely. I remember, you know, years ago they used to say, I mean, in medicine, they used to tell people, you have back pain, stay in bed. And yet when I was going through school and going through training, they would always say the first thing to do is get moving, get up, get walking, get moving. Because if you don't, those muscles that you're not using will atrophy, but also you're not going to be able to see the improvement if you don't get those other areas that are not affected to start moving and doing some of the activities around the area that's affected, your back, for example, or your neck or something like that. And an important component of pain is function. So a lot of people that have pain tend to not do anything and in the process they lose their function. And then it's like double whammy. Not only do you have pain, you can't do anything anymore. Whereas if, and I guess that's where, you know, physical therapy and rehab comes in is people with chronic pain, you send them to physical therapists and do some rehab. They actually, it's not necessarily to take away their pain, but to keep them functioning, keep their range of motion not make their muscles atrophy or not have them lose their muscles. Exactly. For those of you just tuning in, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Jerry Garcia from the Hawaii Institute of Pain, current president of the Philippine Medical Association. We're talking about chronic pain, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the newer nuances of pain medication and what are some of the issues to be aware of. If you or someone you love has been on pain medicines chronically or you're concerned about somebody who is, you can join us, 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Dr. Garcia, when do you get to the point where you have to give somebody a stronger pain medication? And these would be in the class of what we would consider in the medical profession narcotics. They would be things that have hydrocodone or codeine or oxycodone. When does pain get bad enough that those things are appropriate? So there is a variation in in the medical field as to when is using narcotics appropriate. In my opinion, there are a few where it's a no-brainer. You can use narcotics and probably should if the patient is in pain. If the patient has cancer-related pain, that's, to me, okay to use narcotics. If the pain is post-operation, after a surgery, where you anticipate that there is an end point, the, after surgery, the inflammation causes pain. Once the inflammation is gone, the pain um, heals and, and goes away. Then you stop using the narcotics that is appropriate. I think the question in the gray area is when it's used for chronic pain for people who might have pain for the rest of their lives. And when they're young, that's you're talking 30 years, 40 years down the road. That's when it kind of becomes sketchy. Um, And it's also questionable, in in my opinion, if if the use is appropriate, if if you don't have an end goal for it. Now, let's say, for example, and I've got a few of these folks, you're 98. I have to say, if you're 98 and you're lucky enough 
to be 98. If you get a little arthritis and you need to take a little Tylenol with codeine to get some rest, I got to tell you, I'm going to do it. I agree with you. You're 98. For a lot of, of the elderly folks that have suffer from chronic pain, um, I think that's a- appropriate because one, provided they don't have the risk factors for developing an addiction and stuff, they, you really start them with a low dose because that's just what they can tolerate. And so I think there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm going to add that to our list. Yes. Cancer patients, surgery patients, and then those who are in the later years with chronic pain. That's a good one. All right. I'll add that one down. We've got a call on the line. We've got Daniel from Eva Beach. Daniel, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, how you doing today? Um, you touched a little bit about what I was going to ask you about, but I'll give you for an example. I have a degenerate joint disease in the back as diagnosed by the VA and retired military. Uh, when I go and tell them I have pain, they send me to uh, physical therapy, uh, they give me a TENS unit, and they give me, tell me to take aspirins. It doesn't work. Has efficacy been established in the area of opiates? i.e. a Vicodin, I tell them that's the only thing that will take away the pain, and the only way I can get it is to go to the emergency room and tell them my back hurts and tie up assets because the doctors are just either afraid or they're told not to uh, prescribe that medicine. I'll take the answer off the air. All right, Daniel. Well, thanks for calling in because, you know, that's the exact topic we're going to talk about because as a doc, I see people coming in saying, I have pain and I need to take some medication. And our goal as physicians is to try and make them feel better. And yet we have to consider, like you mentioned, long-term efficacy of certain types of opiates. Vicodin, you mentioned, there's some others that are out there. Are they really effective for chronic pain? And Dr. Garcia, what are your thoughts on this? Because then I also want to discuss a little bit after that about why are we concerned about addiction or about chronic use? What are the negative consequences of that? So first, how effective are opiates? So for chronic pain, opioids work by binding to receptors in your brain and your spine. It's really just a temporary thing where it tries to trick your brain into thinking that you don't have pain. That's the bottom line. So you're not really doing anything about the underlying cause of the pain. So, if, for example, this uh, caller, 10 years down the road, he's still going to have his degenerative disc disease. And he would still be taking Vicodin. And then it brings us to the next phase, your next question, which is what are the long-term effects of taking the opioids? And there's several of them, and one of them is tolerance. So depending on a uh, uh, person's age, if you're taking opioids for 10 years, Vicodin or Oxycodone, 10 years from now, maybe now you'll take one pill a day or five milligrams a day. 10 years from now, you might be needing 100 milligrams per day. And that's not an exaggeration. I see patients who've been placed on 100, 300 milligrams of some type of narcotic morphine per day. And that's when it becomes a problem because now you're not only uh, treating the pain, which has never gone away in the first place, but now you have a problem of tolerance, which is what that is, or even dependence, which is when you stop the medication or take the medication, they go into withdrawal. That's a problem. When we talk about that being a problem, becoming more tolerant or dependent on the medications, I guess the devil's advocate question is, why is it such a problem? 
because of overdose. And that is that is a social problem that we face not only in this state but all around the country right now. You see, and you you, read you hear it about news, it, you know, yeah. I mean, granted, okay, so you hear about it on Hollywood and New York and all these actors and actresses, but it's not limited to them. Exactly. That's common in the general community. I mean, we've just as recently as a few months back, there was a lady that unfortunately um, overdosed on, on a fentanyl patch here in our state. And that, you know, she was a mother of two, and that's very uh, unfortunate, in my opinion. So there could be consequences to taking these higher accelerating doses, one of them being overdose, the other one being potential medical effects in the liver and the rest of the body. Exactly. So for someone like Daniel, what would be, you know, he said he goes to the VA, they tell him here's a TENS unit, do some physical therapy, take some aspirin. Are they trying to treat his degenerative joint disease or back disease as opposed to take a pain medicine and feel better? I think that's what they're trying to do is to try to keep him through physical therapy functioning and trying to control his pain through other means. Um, You know, the first thing I would tell somebody like Daniel, to be honest with you, is first you have to accept that at some point in your life you're going to have to live with some pain. The goal of a lot of the physicians is not really to take away your pain, boom, you're 21 years old, all over again. Well, if that was the goal, I'd be signing up to see them immediately. And I'd have a lot of people again, lining right? up on my... Right. But that's that's not the case. You know, it's to make you functional, to m- teach you how to live with your pain, to take your pain to a level where you can function. At some point, we all have to live with some sort of chronic pain. I have some type of pain, but I can work. And that's what I want for a lot of these patients is to get them to that point. If he or any type of patient knows that, and has a realistic expectation of their type of pain, then they won't be seeking, really, the narcotics. Narcotics can be used for chronic pain as a means to achieve a goal. For example, I'll send you to physical therapy for three weeks. I know you're going to be in a lot of pain because you're going to be moving your muscles and your body a lot. Maybe we can give you something right before the therapy session and right after it's over. But after your sessions are over, That's it. Boom, done. End of story. Don't expect me to continue. It's when patients are given narcotics who have chronic pain when there's no end goal in sight. Start off with 5 milligrams. Next year, they're back and say, I need 10 milligrams, doc. I'm tolerant to this. Next year, they're back and they need 20. And then it becomes 30 and 40. And when you don't have an end goal, that's when people get into trouble. And that's when overdose occurs. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. I'm here with Dr. Jerry Garcia from the Hawaii Institute of Pain, also president of the Philippine Medical Association. We're talking today about chronic pain and what you can do to control that if you have it and to treat it more effectively to make sure that you can live well and function as best as possible. When we come back, we're going to talk with some more callers. But if you've got a question, you can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877- 7-9-4-1-3-6-8-9. We'll be right back. Stay with us. I really like Hawaii Public Radio. I listen to both stations because I feel enriched every time I listen, and I feel like it's never a waste of time. There's always something useful. Uh, sometimes I'll find that when the reception is going out, when I'm on the North Shore, I'll turn on the side of the road and stop driving and just listen because the program is so useful. Member supported. Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. 
Listen and see. It's a walking tour that takes you past the site that celebrates the release of the monarchy from an 1843 foreign occupation, past the ruins of a summer palace, to the home of the singing snails. It's a downtown Honolulu walk through history, and we'll tell you about it tomorrow morning at 8 on The Conversation. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in a studio with Dr. Jerry Garcia from the Hawaii Institute of Pain. And today we're talking about chronic pain. What are some of the alternatives to taking narcotics on a regular basis? And what else can you do if you have chronic pain? What can help you to feel better and function better, which is really the key? You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Before the break, we were talking with Daniel, talking about his concerns about wanting to use a pain medication like Vicodin, but not being able to get it regularly because he's told to do some other physical therapy and some other options for treating his pain. And that's certainly something that is an issue for quite a few folks. Let's talk with a couple more callers. We have Coco on the line from Punchbowl. Coco, welcome to The Body Show. Aloha, Dr. Kozak, Dr. Garcia. Hello, Coco. Uh, My question today, and I'm I'm in agreement with not creating addicts, of course, but you have the physically fit, chronic low back pain person who has once in a while an acute episode, an immobilizing or nearly immobilizing episode. Uh, these people kind of fall between the cracks here, can't really get, say the person, uh, some Vicodin helps for a few days, can't get their hands on it anymore, and it's just uh, this, uh, you know, episode of suffering for a week or two. Is there a better pain management idea for these kind of folks? You know, did you know we were going to talk about that next, Coco? Because right <laughs> before I said, all right, so let's give people alternatives. So if we're saying using narcotics chronically over the course of years is bad, is it bad to use them short term if you have an episode? And what else can you do? So, you know, boy, it's like you read my mind over there in Punchbowl. Thank Dr. You. Garcia, you got it. So what if you have chronic pain, you're athletic, you tend to be active, do a lot of stuff, physical therapy and stuff, and you have an acute episode of your chronic pain? Can that be treated with short-term medication to resolve the pain while you get back to functioning? And you kind of answered that a little bit already. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable option. It's Again, it's setting your expectations. Coco, you have the same name as my daughter, by the way. So, but, um, yeah, it's, it's setting expectations. And so I think, you know, everybody's entitled to some sort of an acute episode for as long as it doesn't happen once every two months, every two weeks or something, then I think it's reasonable or to help get you through, you know, a very important part of your life. For example, you had to ride a plane to get to your daughter's wedding or something like that. It's reasonable. Um, so there is some use for it, but I guess what we are talking about is when it's used every day, that's when it it can become harmful. About alternatives, there's other things that you can do. You can start from the pharmacologic spectrum. There's different types of medications that are less addictive that can help with your pain, from nerve pain type medications to um, uh, even steroid. It's short 
uh, burst or five days regimen of steroid for an acute episode. That's reasonable. Um, to physical therapy, to even interventional uh, options such as uh, injections in your back. I know that sounds scary, but that's a pretty common procedure and it's pretty safe for the most part. Uh, and if you know, depending on the right candidate, surgery is an option. So you have a gamut. And even post-surgery, you can have the – and st- if you still have pain after back surgery or several back surgeries, there's an option to see if your pain can be responsive to electricity, uh, which is the spinal cord stimulator that uh, Damien here uh, uh, represents. There's There's a range of options, and sometimes I think the information is just not out there. And if you go to your uh, primary care physician or any type of physician and and start asking them about other non-narcotic options for your pain, it'll probably get the conversation rolling and they'll start thinking of where else, you know, you could go or what other types of um, treatment options there are for you. I think that you've, you've run the whole spectrum there. Um I think when you're in an acute episode, you, you don't want to wait three days for an, another appointment or something like this. I just wanted to hear that there's still room for individualized care. I, that we're, yeah. we're not all stuck in on some schedule I agree. somehow. I agree, and I think that's what the you know urgent care uh, centers are for, is for acute pain that's like debilitating to you. I'm, I mean, among other things that it's there for. But that's reasonable, and I think you can definitely... You probably will not be able to wait to see your uh, primary care physician or your pain physician uh, if you have an acute episode, and that's, I guess, an urgent care setting would where they fit in. Okay, thanks. Sure. All right, Coco. Thanks for calling us today from over in Punchbowl. I think the point is really is is well made. It is a personalized approach, depending on the type of pain you have, neuropathic or nerve pain versus muscle pain versus degenerative disc disease, depending on your level of functioning, your expected level of activity, what you what you do every day, it really is all about a personalized approach. Exactly. And, and Coco actually really brings up a good point because you cannot generalize all these things for for all different patients. And at the end of the day, it's really... Um, Exactly as you said. Individualized approach. Exactly. A little bit at a time. What works well for one person may be totally different than what works for someone else. Prednisone or steroid bursts or solumedrol work great for some folks. Somebody else does better with like a Lyrica or a Cymbalta. Lots of different options. So starting the conversation like we're doing here is a great place to start. Let's hear from Curtis in Waikiki. Curtis, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, I'm going to talk about acute and debilitating pain. Okay. My brother's back surgery went bad, uh, didn't hold up. He got on OxyContin. It led to anger management problems, ended up destroying his family. And I'm sorry to say this sad note, it ended up in suicide. I'm headed that way with the acute debilitating pain, and I'd appreciate if you could talk around the subject in a way I could listen and learn so I wouldn't choose that as an option or anybody else. What a great uh, question there, Curtis. Thank I'm you. sorry to hear about your brother having this debilitating pain and feeling the need to to take his life to have that pain go away. And this is the exact sort of situation where 
having a personalized approach to chronic pain becomes extremely important. And so we definitely do want to talk about what do you do with this acute episode of bad pain and how do you keep somebody, someone from becoming despondent? I'm sure you've seen these folks, Dr. Garcia, who are so upset, angry, frustrated, and in pain that they don't know what else to do. What are some of their options? So, you know, the pain is very difficult to treat. Chronic pain, debilitating pain, that's so difficult to treat. And I've studied the whole mechanism of the pain pathway and all the processes and how each and every medication attacks different parts of the pain pathway. The honest truth is there is no one answer. There is no one magic bullet, one magic pill that will take away all the pain. The accepted approach is a multidisciplinary approach. And Curtis actually brings up a very good point. Pain at some point in your life when it's just never goes away affects your psychological well-being. And a lot of people that suffer from chronic pain start to also have psychological issues because if somebody never if you have pain every day of course, you're going to have psychological. Of course, you're going to get depressed and you're going to, I can see why people would get suicidal and that multidisciplinary approach, including psychologists, exactly. psychiatrists, and it neurologists, Exactly. It. And it doesn't, so from one aspect, it's psychological well-being because there is a part of your brain that the pain pathway travels that is affecting the psychological aspect of your pain. It's a suffering part of pain. That's why people with the same type of pain, have different experiences. Um, and so one part is psychological. It's not, it doesn't mean you're crazy. It just teaches you ways to relax and to control uh, your pain and the suffering aspect of your pain. One part is rehabilitational. It's a therapy, not losing function, uh, physical function. And there's an interventional component to help you do the other things. So the things that I do are interventional. There's injections that you can do that buys you time of a few months of not having pain so that you can do your rehab, so that you can go about doing things that you've done, you've enjoyed in the past so it doesn't eat you away. And then there's also the pharmacologic aspect of it. There's some pain, nerve pain, you have to be on a nerve pain medication. That's not necessarily an opioid or, an, or a narcotic. It's a nerve pain medication that keeps chronic pain down. It, it makes the nerve pain fibers very calm and not hypersensitive where touching you just brings about your pain. So it calms it down. And there's a bunch of other things in addition to that. And if there is an underlying cause of your pain that can actually be fixed, why not... Uh, try to explore it, like surgery, you know, going to a surgeon and seeing is there something that can be done that they can take away or fix, you know, mechanically so that my pain goes away. And if that fails, guess what? New technology has given us ways to treat chronic pain even after surgery is not an option. That's your, you know, by trying to trick your brain into thinking you ha you don't have any pain. That's your TENS units, and that's your spinal cord stimulators. So there is a gamut. And people just need to be aware that you have options, but there's not one magic bullet. It's doing different things at once on you. And everybody's different. Exactly, and individualizing it. 
All right, Curtis, I hope that helps answer your question. And I do hope that you get the help that you need so that you're not having those sorts of troubles that bring you to that same dark place that it sounds like you're very familiar with people going to. So certainly wishing you the best of luck on that. Now we've got another caller. We have Chuck calling from the Big Island. Chuck, welcome to The Body Show. Aloha. Aloha. What can we do for you? Um, Evascular necrosis, bilateral hip and shoulder replacement. Um, It's going to my knees and my ankles, and I take two 500-milligram hydrocodone a day, one at night when I go to bed and one in the morning when I get up. I'm going to see my doctor this week to see if there is something new on the market that can help take away the pain or at least let me live with it, which I have been for 30-some-odd years, but... I'm just curious if there's anything new and different out there that I could take to help with the pain and still function all day long and not become addicted to it because I have an addictive personality. You know, Chuck, you bring up a really good question, which is if you've been able to function for the last 30-some years, what has changed for you that you can't function anymore? Um. It is going to the ankles and the knees and causing more pain, similar to how it was in the shoulders and the hips. Gotcha. So the pain is it's spreading to joints that Correct. were previously not affected, and yep. now it's getting worse. Okay. Correct. And I really don't want any more artificial parts. Well, I agree. You've got a couple from the sounds of it. That's always yep. an option, but I understand your question. What else could you do? And Dr. Garcia, any thoughts? So, uh, Chuck, first of all, how old are you? Um, I'm 60 years old. 60. And your pain that that bothers you the most is the knee pain and the ankle pain. Is that correct? correct? Uh, I'm assuming that this is also um, arthritis-related or... Yes, yes, Okay, it so it really not, doesn't really have uh, anything to do with the surgery that you just had your, from your hip and shoulder. Is that correct? The hips and shoulders generally are pretty good. Okay. And surgery is not an option for you. So there's a bunch of different things that I can think of and without really seeing you and knowing you very well. But, uh, you know, you can start off with the topicals. Uh, there are a bunch of different topical analgesics or pain medications that you can apply to the areas of arthritis where you have your pain. Um, I you think can I've tried just about everyone that's on the market. Okay. Go ahead. And then uh, injections are probably an option. There's different types of things that you can inject in these joints that can potentially help with your pain. They range from corticosteroids. I, you probably have had that to, uh, you know, Synvisc and, and the like. Is you know, that Chuck, I'm, I'm kind of curious because... I'd be curious, Dr. Garcia, your opinion as well. If the pain is in the hip and the knees, I'm sorry, the knees and the the ankles. ankles. Okay. If you got an injection of corticosteroids, prednisone, or a steroid to to your knee and to your ankle, and it got better, then that may help to define it as an arthritic sort of pain. In which case, Chuck... If your knees are arthritic and you did so well with your hips and your shoulders, you may just have to consider 
going bionic on the knees, too. I mean, if it made such a huge difference for those other joints. Now, the ankle is a little more complicated because they do actually have ankle replacements. They're not done very commonly, certainly not done as much as knees or hips or shoulders. But it sounds to me like, have you ever had that happen? Did you ever get a a steroid shot to your knees and feel like, wow, I'm 21 again? Um, I tore a meniscus years ago, and they gave me a shot, and, you know, So then I'm curious, what's the fear of knee replacement if you've done hips and shoulder? I mean, time away from work, um, being laid up again. Realistic, you know, sure. You don't want to be out of work. You don't want to be laid up. On the other hand, you know, I kind of wonder, boy, if you, okay, so you have four joints affected, two knees and two ankles. Boy, if you went ahead and took care of one of the knees, or maybe even they do them now both simultaneously to try and make it easier so that you don't have to be away from work as much, etc. That might be something that even if it took some time away from work, had you be laid up or such, it might be worth it in the long run. I suspect if you go back to prior to having your hip surgery and shoulder surgery, you're really happy you had them done. Oh, yeah, very much so. Interesting. So we're talking arthritic pain, Dr. Garcia, purely arthritic, resolved by steroids. As far as treatment, prednisone injections maybe to the knees, temporary to the ankles, temporary. Long term, it sounds to me like, like it or lump it, Chuck, you're a great candidate for a knee replacement, maybe even a bilateral simultaneous one. I mean, I hate to tell you, be bionic, but on the other hand, when we talk about other options for arthritic pain and you're only 60, you're really not looking at taking hydrocodone for the rest of your life. That's probably not a good option. Exactly. And I'm glad you say that because you're being honest. You know, you you have this addictive personality. You don't want to go down that route if you can avoid it. So, it, it you know, it sounds like there might be some things you could do. Now, Dr. Garcia, you also mentioned interventional treatments. And I'm certain if they do injections to knees, they can do injections to ankles. Not something you want to do a lot of injections for. Um, but, you know, there might be some other options for him. Strengthening the muscles, doing some things to keep the body active. Yeah, and that goes along with a multidisciplinary type of um, uh, approach. Uh, certainly therapy, physical therapy, trying to make sure that, you know, there's no loss of function and that he keeps his lower extremities, his legs, and he his um, feet, you know, strengthened. Um, it sounds like he's still working, which is a good thing. Um, so function level is yeah, good. It, it seems to me that function level is good. And, you mentioned uh, topicals, and he said, I probably tried that. Yes. He's already are taking pain medication, not really getting to the source of it, which is the arthritis. Right. We don't really have a cure. Right. I wish we did for arthritis. Right. We don't really have a cure right. for that. But, you're, you know, it's, it's certainly visiting a surgeon is, you know, that's a definitive type of treatment. You know, there's not, you're doing something to actually potentially fix the problem. And it works for the other joints, right? Right. Exactly. That's really the issue is, hey, you know what? It worked. And nobody likes to think about a big surgery. But if you think about the rest of your life off of pain medicine, cured from the pain that you're having, it's a pretty good alternative. Right. All right. Well, I'm sorry to tell you to be more bionic, Chuck, but it sounds like that may be an alternative to look into. Certainly not commit, but talk to your doctor, talk to a surgeon, see what they say. 
I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here on The Body Show. You're listening to us talk with Dr. Jerry Garcia from Hawaii Institute of Pain. And we are talking today about chronic pain and what can you do about it and what are some of the other alternatives. When we come back, we've got a couple more callers in the line. But if you'd like to join us, you can at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Designers, programmers, and engineers, watch out. There's a new crop of eager workers, and they're only in high school. I know there's a lot of places opening up around here. GE is always an option, evident technologies. I'm David Gura, preparing students for the jobs of the future, next time on Marketplace from APM. This evening at 6, following The Body Show. I'm Ryan Ozawa. And I'm Bert Lum. Next time on Bite Marks Cafe, we'll learn about Makani Pahili, an annual hurricane preparedness exercise. We'll talk to the state civil defense and the city's Department of Emergency Management about the exercise and what it means for our community. That's next time on Bite Marks Cafe, Wednesday at 5. Aloha. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Jerry Garcia from Hawaii Institute of Pain, current president of the Philippine Medical Association. And we're talking about chronic pain. If you happen to be in it, you know how miserable that feels. But what are some of the options of things that you could do to really get to the bottom of your pain and figure out a way to treat it and get back to functioning in life the way that you'd like to? We're talking with an expert about it. There's a conference coming up for those who might be interested. That's going to be Tuesday, May 20th, 6 p.m. to 7.30, Hali Pava'a. That's at Bertania and Kamuku. And that's a conference. We've had a lot of callers wanting to know how to how can you take control of your chronic pain. Here's a great option. You can go ahead and register 1-877-472-4650. Or you can just call 206-5301, Dr. Garcia's office. But we've got a couple more callers in the line. We just heard from Chuck from the Big Island. He doesn't want to be bionic. He doesn't want to take pain medicine. What else can he do for chronic arthritis pain? And I wish there was a magical cure for arthritis. If there was, Dr. Garcia, we would be extremely wealthy. That's right. That would be fabulous if we could cure arthritis. Unfortunately, we can't do that. But we can talk with Pete from Maui. Pete, welcome to The Body Show. Yes, thank you very much for a fantastic program and as a recent transplant to the islands, I love Hawaii Public Radio. It's the best public radio station I've heard. Oh, well, thanks for saying that, Pete. Thank what can you. we do yeah, for you? I, I hope I have a success story that can help your listeners. Um, a few years ago, I started having chronic back pain and sciatica, and uh, my doctors gave me what seems to be the usual cocktail, uh, Flexoril, Soma, Vicodin, escalating all the way up to morphine, and then they said, you need surgery. They did the surgery, and actually things got worse after the surgery, and they said to me, it's nerve root impingement at the site of the surgery. You're going to need more surgeries, or we'll be doing nerve block steroids, and you'll be on painkillers. So I went into looking at the holistic health practitioners, and what I found was that acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, something called visceral manipulation, which is 
like way more serious than deep tissue massage and a ancient tradition called Ayurveda, which comes from India, as well as swimming, inversion tables, losing weight, and yoga, uh, along with Pilates, has not only gotten rid of all of my pain, but has made me feel younger, more fit, and more balanced than I felt even when I was young, and I'm 56. So that's, that's my success story. Well, Pete, it certainly sounds like you put a lot of effort into that. I mean, you mentioned not one treatment, but like six of them. Good work. I mean, it sounds really like you decided this was your mission, was to get rid of the pain. And, you know, you just covered our next topic, which was complementary medicine. How effective is it? Boy, well, you know, you found it and it was great for you. And it really gets back to that personalized approach to pain and you know, you you went to the complementary areas, alternative medicine, acupuncture, you mentioned visceral manipulation, you mentioned Ayurveda, all these things in combination with losing weight and swimming and yoga and Pilates. Good job, Pete. That is a motivational story. Now you're pain-free, feeling younger than ever. What would you say to somebody who can't see that for themselves, who just can't see that they could live a pain-free life? What do you think you could have been told yourself that got you so motivated. What was it that made you seek all these excellent ways to get rid of your pain? Well, I'm glad that, that uh, I was a good segue into complementary alternative medicine. What happened with me is I just felt bad from the side effects from the drugs. I felt helpless and dependent on the medical system, on the surgeons uh, and the pain pill dispensers. I felt like I had lost a kind of um, independence and self-efficacy, and I was getting sicker and sicker from the prescription pills and was afraid of the surgery because um, the first surgery, the anesthesiologist dropped me too far or something, and I flatlined. So I was terrified of, you know, I hate to say it this way, but I was terrified of the regular medical approaches, and I was desperate, and once I got on an acupuncture table and got off of it and said, wow, and the same thing happening with the uh, visceral manipulation, uh, then I said, you know, maybe there's a biomechanical approach to this that I can have some control over, inversion table, etc., and the more I did, the more I felt like I was participating in my own cure, and I think that all of those are motivations, independence, self-efficacy, uh, a sense of empowerment, and wanting to avoid the negative side effects that some people experience from drugs and surgery. Great. I really appreciate you saying it, Pete. You really encapsulated everything that somebody would want to go ahead and discuss when we talk about why would you want to approach something a different way. We want people to have all those things, the independence, the living life fully. We want them to feel like they're in control of their body and their pain and that they're in charge. And I'm sure you see that, Dr. Garcia, all the time. That's true. Um, you know, what I like about what Pete said and what I actually like about the complementary alternative types of uh, medical treatment is that the risks are very low. So it's worth giving it a try. And if it works for you, more power to you. So that's what I tell my patients. You know, if, you, if you're thinking about, you know, trying, you know, acupuncture, go ahead and do it. 
um, you know, it's very minimal risk. And, and if it helps you, then boom, done. You don't have to uh, subject yourselves to the more uh, invasive stuff or potent medications. If yoga works for you, do it. It's very low risk. Um, so there is a gamut and a completely different almost uh, field of treatment options that's that's worth exploring, in my opinion, uh, that patients can, you know, have access to. Unfortunately, a lot of these are self-pay type of, uh, mode, you know, options where they have to pay out of pocket. But if you have the money for it and you want to do it, I have nothing against it. I encourage my patients because the risks of doing them is very low. And if it benefits you, more power to you. Well, and there's two things that Pete mentioned that are free. And one of those is losing weight and exercising. Very good point. You don't have to go to a yoga class if you know the maneuvers or just getting out there and walking and just making your body more healthy overall. They're free. Even now that you mentioned walking, walking in the water is very helpful. 30 minutes a day, go to the, you know, ocean, you know, just submerge your body up to your shoulder and just walk for 30 minutes. That eliminates the effect of gravity um, and and it still does the same things with regards to strengthening your um, your legs and your lower extremities and keeping your range of motion going. And you're you're weightless in the water, yes, but you exactly. also have water resistance. Exactly. So you get another You're, form of exercise yes. for those muscles. Yes, and it's free. And it's free. We do live on an island. That sounds like a great plan. All right, we've got Bob from Kapolei. Bob, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, doctor. I just have a question. Uh, I, like most people, I guess, I'm, I'm already old, and uh, I've suffered from back pain in the lower back. And also on my right knee, I used to do a lot of jogging when I was younger. And now it's beginning to affect my right arm. The problem I have is right now I, I take the medicines for to alleviate the pain so I can function like a regular human being. And my concern is what long-term effects will this thing have on me? I, I'm 55, and unfortunately without the medicine, I cannot even function. I can't work. Um, my, my pain is too, too abrupt to, to even try to, to do what I normally do. So you want to know the long-term effects of the pain or the medicine or both? The medicine. So what medicines are you on, Bob, if you don't mind uh, letting us know? Is it Vicodin? Uh, I think it's, it's Norco. Norco. That's the same family as Vicodin or hydrocodone. And do you take it how many times a day? Sometimes I take about five, depending on what I have to do okay. during the period of the day. And you've been taking it for how many years now? Uh, roughly about three, maybe four, so maybe three, a little longer. I can't really recollect, honestly. Three to four years, and you're probably starting off at a lower dose, correct? Maybe once a day, twice a day, no more than exactly. that? Exactly. So that, the reason why I'm asking all these questions is to bring up a point. You've been taking this medication for three to four years, but your pain is really the same. You talk as a, you talk, you know, that you can't get through the day without these medications, but yet if you look at yourself now and you look at yourself three years ago when you started these medications, your pain has stayed unchanged. If not, your pain has gotten worse. Yet you're, you, it's almost like you can't do without these medications. So the long-term effects of these medications, what it does is, one, you develop a tolerance, as I had alluded to earlier, where you need more and more of the medications 
over time. And that's just the way our body naturally reacts to opioids. We increase our number of receptors and require more and more to take away the same amount of pain. Number two is um, you can develop uh, dependence on it. In other words, if you were to stop all medications that you take tomorrow, you would feel crummy. You would feel like you're going to die. That's withdrawal. That's th- Those withdrawal symptoms are, are what's you know, the problem because you develop this dependence on it. And even if we were to take away your pain, you would still have that problem of of not being able to stop your medications because you, those receptors that I was talking about will be hungry for the opioid molecule, molecules, the norco molecules that you have. And so that's a problem. Dependence can sometimes, depending on your history, lead to addiction and that's basically when you start doing things that that you know is is bad like you know not that you are one of those but i've seen patients go down that route it just where they they forge my signature to get extra pain medications or they steal prescriptions to get extra pain medications and such the other thing that it can potentially do is um, develop what's called opioid-induced hyperalgesia. So it's sort of the opposite effect of why you're taking opioid medications in the first place. So you're taking it for pain, but then actually over time, if you keep taking it, your body just becomes so uh, wired for these medications that even touching you or pushing on you would cause so much pain, much more pain than, say, if I were to put pressure on a regular, you know, non an opioid naive uh, person. So there's a bunch of reasons, you know. Yes, Bob asked, what are the side know, effects? There's a there's bunch. a long list. Even so. you know, the other thing that I think affects a lot of people is hypogonadism. You know, low testosterone levels. It affects your your you know libido and 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 whatnot and. You know, people just don't see that, you know. Sure, and constipation and people who wind up having difficulty sleeping without it. And you mentioned becoming dependent and all sorts of different reasons. So when people say, but I need my pain pills, you might. But if it's not treating the source of your pain, then you're going to wind up getting all these side effects you don't want. And you're introducing other problems. We are. We heard Pete's description of how unfortunate it was. And he got off of it because he really didn't want those side effects. Good, Good for him. Something that I, you know, think is important to bring up to your audience is these medications, when mixed with other medications like muscle relaxants or even alcohol, puts you at, you know, more than six times the risk of developing an overdose, which basically opioids slow your breathing and too much of it. When you overdose, it can stop your breathing. That's where you hear in the news people, uh, actors and actresses, just not waking up. And other people have yeah. that happen. They yes. just don't happen to be people that we exactly. report in the news. Exactly. But that's not just a Hollywood yeah. phenomenon. You can that's, just go to sleep anywhere, one day right? and just stop breathing. You'll not feel crummy the night before. You just will not wake up. And that's the dangers of, you know, just taking too much of these. All right. We've got time for Mary from Punchbowl. Mary, we've got just about a minute or two. You got a quick question for us? Yes, I I'm here. Something's happening to the phone. No, we can hear you. Is something still happening to your phone? Here I am. Um, Yes, I've suffered uh, for 
gosh, about 14 years from chronic pain um, in the upper back and the shoulder area. I had very limited uh, shoulder motion. Um, it stemmed from an injury. I had a, a mild uh, T6 compression fracture, and I um, am a member of the local HMO, and I went for treatment right away after the injury and went through um, several weeks of physical therapy and um, had steroid injections and electrical stimulation and so forth. I was taking NSA IDs. So, Mary, we're almost done. We've got about a minute. What was your question? Okay. Um, well, it's more of a comment. Um, I had searched high and low on the advice of um, a physical therapist from another country to find someone who does manual medicine. And I did find physical therapists at a local pain clinic who do manual medicine, which is hands-on physical therapy beyond the stretching and the exercises and the heat and the cold and so forth, where they actually lay their hands on you and work on trigger points. And I have had tremendous relief that I wasn't able to get from two previous rounds of physical therapy that didn't include manual therapy, and um, I haven't had a backache in several weeks now, which is very unusual for me. And I'm wondering why isn't more manual therapy being practiced in Hawaii? Well, Mary, it's a great question, but I just want to ask you real quick, because we've only got about a minute, where did you go? I went to Hanapono Pain Clinic to Kathy Avery. All right. That sounds like a great opportunity for people to wonder, you know, for in your case, you really had to go get hands-on manual therapy to really help. And I'm glad that you brought that up. There's different types of physical therapy. Dr. Garcia, I'm sure you would agree that it's different for everybody. PT can wind up being working wonders for some folks. Exactly. And choose your, I think Mary brings up a good point, choose your physical therapist wisely if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere with your physical therapist maybe you should switch to another one because you know um they there's the techniques vary and and what they have to offer varies so the modalities vary so she brings up a good point but maybe somebody would not benefit from manual therapy and instead benefit from aqua therapy it's individualized at the end of the day personalized medicine. All right. If you want to learn more about how to take control over chronic pain, again, you can meet with Dr. Jerry Garcia. He's going to be there Tuesday, May 20th, 6 p.m. to 7.30 at Holly Pava'a. That's at Bertania and Kamuku. You can give their office a call, 206 206- 5301 to go ahead and make reservations. Our engineer, David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You'll be able to click on our links at hawaiipublicradio.org and hear more about this show and hear it again if you'd like. We'll see you next week, Monday at 5 on The Body Show. Thanks for joining us. Woo!